0: Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Demozin. This is a special one because it's actually part of a broader campaign. The first of our new kinds of campaigns, which we'll definitely do a whole episode on for you as well, in terms of what we're treating as a campaign, what is a definition, what's not, like how do we run them in terms of cycles, how many weeks, what goes into it, what channels and tactics we use. Episode, another episode, because there's a lot that goes into that. But anyway, this is a part of it. And this one is all around um trying to educate marketers on all the amazing things you get to do when you free yourself from lead generation tasks um specifically we're actually going to talk about the content side of that for this episode because we realize there's actually so much that goes into it um so we're going to be touching on the media machine what content looks like when it's not an ebook how can you um track and measure success of content when it's not a download um and much much more as well and then also um i get to tease that there will be um coming your way sort of i'm not allowed to give a precise timeline but within two weeks um the opportunity to win some merch and also a big prize draw um could be an airbnb voucher i don't know something like that sorry jamie Given away too much. Um, But there should be something really cool coming away in a couple of weeks for all of our regular devancers and listeners to get engaged with the campaign, actually bring it to life. Um, So, yeah, that should be upcoming um, to a cinema near you. And now we're going to kick off the episode. Um, Please do keep your questions coming throughout because I think what makes these really good is it's normally quite engaging and we can answer like real life questions. So, we want to continue to do that. Um, just interrupt and shoot them across at any stage um, and we will bring you either on to ask or we'll just um, answer them. So gonna kick us off with the idea of a media machine. Um, And this is definitely something that has come about at Cognizant since we pivoted away from lead generation. And we've actually had the space and time to think about um, how do we generate consistent content that's of a great quality that's gonna feed our create demand efforts and ensure that we continue to build on all of that inbound demand that we need to create now that we're not doing that lead generation MQL piece. Um, So what does a media machine mean to us? I'm not sure it's actually ever really been totally defined in the context of B2B. So at Cognizant and for me, what I mean when I talk about this is It means building your own audience with um, key subscriber channels. So for every company, that may well look different, depending on who your persona is and who you're looking to speak to. Um, But that would be one of the key criteria. And it also means creating processes around content that actually are going to enable you to consistently produce that top quality content. um, That's going to power many other areas of your marketing engine and all of that amazing create demand stuff that you end up doing when you're not doing lead gen um and i think there are three key ingredients to a successful strategy when it comes to this and for me it's the quality of the content so we actually have um a quality lever at Cognizant in that whatever the content is whether it be a post that i'm putting out on my linkedin or it's something that's going out on the company linkedin page it's a video we basically don't want to put anything out in the world unless we feel confident that if someone reads or engages with that piece of content they will have learned something new that could give them a competitive advantage in their role, Um, and for us that's how we, that is kind of the guardrail that we have set for quality. Um, Number two is that you need to have a point of view. So I think you'll see there are themes throughout like a lot of the stuff that we talk about Cognizant, um, we're obviously big advocates on the sales side of outbound, but outbound done well. Um, We still believe there's a place for cold calling. Um, And then on the marketing side, we talk a lot about this whole shift from lead generation to demand generation. So I think a point of view is also really important. And then ultimately to become known um, within your audience and within your space, consistency is obviously um, like I think the third and probably the most crucial ingredient because you can create great quality content with a point of view, but if you're not consistent, I don't think you'll ever get um, really the benefits of that media engine at scale. So moving on, as I mentioned earlier, when you talk about the media engine and building this audience on key channels that matter to you, you need to identify what those key channels are. So um, obviously for us at Cognizant, we have got a fairly large team at this stage, so we are able to look at um, multiple channels rather than just um, one or two. But I don't think your team side should prevent you from taking this approach. I think you just need to be more focused in terms of where you focus your efforts. So for us, we look at YouTube, our LinkedIn company page, the LinkedIn um, subject matter expert profiles pages. So for us, we have Ryan Reesert, we have Dave Bentham on the sales side, and then um, it's myself, Fran and Liam on the marketing side, and then our podcast, um, and then our newsletters, and then also our blog, which is powered by our story hunters, um, which I will touch on a bit more. I'm just going to quickly check the chat. I think we might have some questions. Um, Liam, are you bored?
1: Sorry if I was looking bored. didn't mean that. Oh, I <laughs> <telling you something>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Liam, let's bring you in. Anything to add on any of our key channels? Anything I've missed, actually? You know? Anything that you would want to add to this?
1: of our media machine um <laughs> no, no, not back. really to be honest <laughs> no, no, nothing. i'm trying to think now he's did a good job well
0: thank you sheila because you've actually woken liam up he's back he's focused in the room and we can keep going
2: <laughs> <laughs> hot in the office maybe you were just flagging <laughs> yeah. In one of those booths because they are extremely hot yeah it's
1: <laughs> like an oven <habit> in here <laughs>
2: Um, but please do keep questions coming in
0: and we will make sure that speakers stay fully engaged throughout. So, how do you scale the media machine Now, this is I think like a really important question I'm not going to pretend that we've completely um, got this built out and perfect yet because we don't and we're still definitely in the earlier stages of our journey with the media machine and um, all of the pieces and parts that go into that and the processes as well. Um, but just some I like just to show you like how we're reporting on this, like how we're looking at it, and the kind of content that we're producing and how what goes into it. Um, this is like a just a broad overview on the video, the newsletter, and then some of our SME LinkedIn content. So from a video perspective, there's a number of ways in which we scale this out. So we have um identified key themes within our target personas that are of interest. So for example, we know that things that resonate really, really well on the sales side are cadence, anything about a cadence. So um, prospecting cadences, examples of prospecting cadences, and then specifically for job titles or for industries. And then also we talk a lot about um, scripts. So cold call calling scripts for um, calling a CMO or a C-suite, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and these are over and over again, some of our best performing assets on video. So. It's actually become a great mechanism for us in which to scale because we can create these broader themes and then from there we can like deep dive topics specifically. Um and we can get different um experts to come on and talk through that as well. So you can see Josh Braun is one of our um one of is featured here and he always does really, really well for us on video and on YouTube. Um and then in terms of newsletters, like how are we scaling those? I think this is a really interesting one and actually something that I we will keep, we'll keep looking at and deep diving because right now we currently have three newsletters running. We have a Demand Gen Digest, which is focused on demand generation for Demand Gen Marketers. We have a Content Digest and we have um, a sales one. And so the content one is gets written by our content writers. I mean, they are literally living, breathing um, case studies of how to do amazing content. So they basically scale that through using their own experiences and talking about that. Um, They're always text and long format only. Um, And then and our demand generation digest will come from content from things like this, any of our live events that I do or Fran does or Liam does, the content that comes out of the videos that we produce, um, et cetera, et cetera, so that we can repurpose it and use it again and it enables us to scale it across multiple channels. And then um, scaling the LinkedIn profiles of our SMEs. So this all comes down to planning, like I think, you, because consistency is so key here, you won't, you can't get away with kind of waking up on the day and deciding if you're gonna post or not. You need to have a well thought out plan. Um, and even if it's not the content, the exact content that you're gonna post about, it's committing to the days um, and the number of posts that you're gonna do. And I hold my hand up to not being amazing at this. Liam is actually really good. So I might bring you in Liam to talk about how you keep your consistency up. Cause I think you've got, you're a good case study in consistency here
1: yeah i i i it's pretty simple really i just set myself i just create like a, a document um which was actually your suggestion alice uh, <laughs> i
0: think i'm great at telling yeah. people how to do it yeah. uh, my execution is not so <laughs>
1: good i just create a document and then try and like um at the beginning of the week plan out what uh like three topics um two or three depending on like time over the week and then just uh yeah An early if it's in the morning maybe like early morning thing is just to write something out um or plan it uh and then take up any any opportunities to get recorded because uh videos just make it a lot easier to um like do your posts with i find so yeah i think it's just like being a bit structured around it give yourself like a time slot and uh yeah a plan
0: yeah i would actually add the thing that has helped me and i have been a little bit more consistent the last few weeks was i did a block recording on a day it was a friday afternoon and i just like took a few topics and i that had either had a lot of comments or engagement within my older posts and recorded videos around those topics and now i have a bank that i can use and so when it comes to being like right i definitely need to post again um that makes it much more easy
1: to do i see a comment a question actually um so you only plan a week at a time yeah. um yeah I actually am doing it a week at a time at the moment um we got like a broad broad theme right that then I follow. that I know that I'm going to the things I will talk about um and then you know one week I think oh, I'll, talk, I'll post stuff about these things and then the next week I'll like I've planned like I'll, I'll be like oh, that week I'll do, do about that and I actually yeah just do it um I feel like you have to be able to have some like flexibility in to be able to respond um, to like also stuff that's going on on LinkedIn and stuff. And then you can try and be relevant as well. Um, Whereas if you plan out for too long. um, Yeah, some things might have changed and then, yeah, you'll be maybe not keeping up with current trends.
0: And I think that kind of leads into Charlie's question. I think it's quite interesting. And I'm going to be a bit brutally honest as well here as well. There are some people who I followed on LinkedIn because I thought their content was amazing and the quality of it was great. And I think that was at a time when they were doing it more ad hoc and more like off the cuff and as thoughts came to them and like probably less structured. Um, I think what they've now doubled down on is a theme and consistency and potentially at the expense of delivering like consistently valuable content that says something new and has a point of view um I think there's a lot of repetition maybe in there now so I think there's a really fine balance between yes it's true that just because you said something once it doesn't mean you can't repeat it as there again and not everyone will have seen it the first time but I think you do need to ensure you are um as Liam said like adjusting to what's been spoken about on LinkedIn and also what you got engagement with um, previously because it's often really clear what people want to hear more about like around your last post I think what came out of it was like we talked about these always on nurtures which we're going to talk about later and people were like that's really interesting and on-demand nurture how does that look like Like, how does it work Um, etc
2: yeah that definitely works I think that was something as well like when I was writing that post I included that in last minute because I was like oh we're doing these on-demand nurtures Quite interesting, but didn't really expect that to be like the main, it wasn't the main focus, but like all of the comments and any like direct messages that I got were all based on that. So I think that's another thing as well. Like if you're too structured, then you kind of like deviate from writing about what people potentially want to hear. Um but yeah we I I mean yeah, I mean I'm not great at it either, but um I usually have a, a key theme around with it for a while. But um yeah, quite sporadic I would say in terms of like the actual stuff that I'm posting. I'd say ahead. what we
0: we do I think what we have been good at and where what we've seen success with is where we've got an SME so like an official SME and that is their role which is Ryan Resert um, and Dave Bentham they are completely structured because we have it being run by a member of our team who is responsible mm-hmm. for that and they create they op- create the structure for the posts mm-hmm. they ensure they get the content ready and they ensure it goes out on time Mm -hmm. Um, And with that, they have consistently been able to scale their following um, like amazing engagement. And so we know it works. It's just we're probably where we're not being owned by a member of our team. It's kind of on us to do it ourselves. That's probably where the consistency point is falling down. But um, yeah, that I guess hopefully we've answered your question there. Charlie, um, I would say just don't I wouldn't over index on. yeah the theme and consistency to the point where you stop adding value is my feeling I don't want to name names but certain people who I used to admire and love their content and definitely, I think I would say have gone too far the other way um okay so how do you scale the media machine so this is really important um and it can definitely scale up and down depending on your org size and how many people you've got within the team um but for us because we have a bigger team, I showed you the channels earlier, there's quite a few, and each channel has an owner, um, including our subject matter experts, apart from Fran, Liam, and myself, because we are marketers, we feel like we should be able to it, own our own channel. Um, obviously, we might need to relook at that a little bit, but um, yeah, each channel have has an owner. And each channel has its own set of clear KPIs and goals. So I'm going to share with you, for example, what they what we set out when we um, brought on board Brian Research. He only works with us on a um, sort of like it's it sort of a consultancy capacity, so it's not full time in any way. But I wanted to make sure that we had really clear KPIs and goals that we were working towards with him, which also then dictated consistency and structure of everything that we put into it. Um, maximize the value that we got. So we wanted to scale LinkedIn followers to over 24K by the end of June 2022, adding 1K a month. That was the target that we set out. We overachieved that every month, um, which was great. And then we wanted to contribute to an uplift in organic unique blog fees by 25% every quarter. Now, the thinking behind this was that because Ryan was gonna be our subject matter expert on all things sales content, that by writing better quality content, we were actually gonna be generating more audience for that content. So that has actually borne out and we're over, we actually increased by like over 50%. So almost doubled against the target there, which has been amazing to see. Um, Ryan was to become the voice of our sales new les- newsletter, with subscribers increased 50% every quarter. Again, this one we overachieved significantly and um, it was kind of an input and an output KPI, which I think was also important because it meant that it held us accountable to getting that content out of Ryan. Um, He's become the host of our, our sales podcast side of Revenue Champions and I think one thing that he's been amazing at for us has been sourcing influential and interesting speakers. So we have weekly um, episodes with Brian and other sales leaders now and uh, he was tasked with scaling active listeners to over 150 from the 35 that they were at the start of the year. Um, I think we're actually over a thousand now so um massive achievement on that one too and just the consistency of episodes has really helped generate that um and then producing regular video content to help drive our youtube subscribers up to 10k in year one um this one i think we're this is probably the one we're lagging the most on and again i think that's probably because we've we've indexed more on content and snippets for using on our paid social side of things and also organic social versus um youtube seo and uh the trending videos that we've actually discovered work best on youtube so i think that one's one we need to focus on more going into the next half year and then running bi-weekly live events again that was an input kpi but that kept both ryan and us true to a regular cadence of live events of which we were able to create loads of content which we were able to use for the newsletter we could actually then repurpose for episodes of Revenue Champions. We could use as video for YouTube. Um, we could actually turn into blogs, which drove the organic blog fees. Um, and also he could cut up them into bite-sized um, content for his LinkedIn as well. So that, um, yeah, this is some, some examples of some KPIs. Oh, we're having, we, we've got an ask, Liam, for you to do a dedicated session on email nurtures. You do love an email nurture. So. <laughs>
1: Yeah, there we... <laughs> I could also do, um, which might be better as well. Just like a recorded video, actually, just running through the the first one that we get live. So, yeah,
0: yeah, cool. Um, there we go. It has Liam has committed to that, so keep him honest. Get him on LinkedIn and make sure he delivers. Um, and then I wanted to touch on like org structure. So I don't want you to freak out because I realize that when we do present these, um we're very fortunate now that we've got a big team. So there's a lot of um, people there to help make this everything happen, basically at communism. But I did think it was interesting to talk through how our structure has completely changed from the days when we were doing lead generation. And a lot of that is, does come down to just the change in focus um, and the emphasis we have on quality content now. So one key thing is that we've separated our SEO writers from our, what we call our journalists, our story hunters, because we feel like um on the SEO side, it's very different goals. We're trying to drive essentially capture demand. um There is a bit of create demand in there for some of the higher volume keywords that we go after, which are more volume play rather than intent play. But ultimately, most of the stuff that we're driving on the SEO side is actually that like capture demand activity. Um, it's like very highly skilled and focused. And there are certain um methods and ways in which you need to write which don't necessarily go hand in hand with creating great great demand content so we have separated them out so that that can sit very separately from what we call our story finders and our journalists who their whole purpose um is to be writing the types of content the quality of content that's going to create demand for us at communism within our personas so um they're looking for stories things that are of interest um in reddit and subreddits then like LinkedIn what's trending what's not within our key personas um and scaling that all out and since we've been, we've done this the blog traffic and engagement has like been staggering in terms of I should have put the chart on here but in terms of the growth and the projection on that so it has massively been successful um, and it means that we're more successful on the SEO side and we're more successful on our audience creation side when it comes to that that journalistic content And then the other key thing that we've done um, is that we put content execs in the demand gen team as well. So these, because we're very aware that content is not just blog writing, especially in this world of like a media engine. And if we're taking it really, really seriously and we want to be where our audience are in all the places they want to be delivered content in all the ways they want the content to be delivered, then that's multiple formats. That's blogs, it's text writing for SMEs, on their LinkedIn organic pages, it's videos, it's snippets, it's uh, live events. And we want that all to be tied together with all of the activity that's going out for that persona within a, a demand, gener- demand creation perspective. And so we feel like having these content people sitting within um, the demand generation teams that we're really gonna be able to deliver that next level of content and that variety that we need to succeed and power the media engine further. So that's one big change that we've made um and then how do we so then I guess the question would be okay that's great but then you've got like you've got people responsible for content in SEO you've got people responsible for content which is like journalistic and you've got people responsible for content sitting in these demand gen pods like how on earth are you making that all work together and there's no like repetition and double work so I thought I would just like really look at this from like a project process perspective and what we've built out. So I think we've spoken to you a lot about these content buckets, but essentially we think about our content in four buckets. So we have thought leadership, which is everything that's very high level. This would be a great example of that. Something that we're talking about, um, a broad theme that's not related to the product at all. And then we have our content bucket, which there could be a dotted line back to the product. Then we have our um, product bucket, which is all about the product value, talking about pain points, etc. And then we have our social proof bucket, which is um kind of as it says on the tin, it's every like sort of case study led, um that type of content, which is really showing the value of communism through the eyes of u- actual users um and so we will have people working on content that sits in each of those four buckets for each persona across each of the three areas of content that i already mapped out and so the way that we're able to structure this and ensure that we don't have any double work and everything is super clear is we use asana but you could use trello or another free you could probably just use like google sheets if you wanted um and we create we make we have like one board for each bucket And then we break it out by personas and then there'll be projects within that. And we're very um, tight on like, if it's not in Asana, then you're not working on it or it never happened. So it's a bit like that sort of Salesforce rule that sales have. Um, But here's an example of a project under the sales persona where we've got these scripts, which I was talking about, which will go towards our video teams KPIs on video. So you've got Emily who runs video kind of working on these as well as Joe who runs the whole of the content team. Um, these will also get used in some of our SEO work because we know that, like including videos and SEO content, is really good for ranking. But also, it's going to be really, really vital for all of the work that the oh, all of the demand generation team are doing. Um, and all that when they're looking at, they're always on buckets and that they're running on paid. Um, and so all of those people need to be involved in this, essentially, and so that's how we run the project and we make sure that there's visibility on it. We have clear deadlines and everyone knows who's responsible for what. Um, Fran, I don't know if you want to touch on it a little bit more because you're actually um, running this right now with your org.
2: Yeah, cool, um, can do. So yeah, I guess, um, yeah, so we have, um, in the DG pod, we have like two content um execs, like senior content executives who focus on we've got two core personas, so like one on each persona. I think the important thing here, and um I've actually just ran a meeting like today with the team, like in the office, is just like how um content are like thinking about that collaboration with Demand Gen. So additionally, like so I know um one of the guys on my team like he would come up with a list of blog titles and That'll be it. So, it'd be like this quarter, these are the blogs I'm going to write, and then that was kind of it. There was no. There was kind of like disassociation between what then DG were working on. So, I think like for me, like the important thing is like like clear line of communication, and that the content team are or the content team on the pod, um, they they're predominantly like responsible for like the whole campaign with us in DG. So they're aligned on like the messaging. They're aligned on like the different channels that we use. Um, they can be working on a blog post one day, maybe a video script another day. And um, we're all working together on copy um, for like ads that we're going to put on paid social. So I think like we very much it's taken a bit of a few weeks to kind of get used to the collaboration, but now it's like we're very much all as like one team and I think it can be a lot more powerful um, if you can align on and have that focus on what you're working on as opposed to everyone working on different things. Um, I think that's like super important. Um, So we'll have like key focuses on one campaign, but then we'll have this always on piece where content will be well aware what the subject matter expert is working on as well as DG. So for me, like the key learnings have been that constant like clear line of communication and that we're all one team as opposed to like, um, yeah, all one team as opposed to like working in silos. So how i just we just got a mess uh, How do you mind sharing how large your content team is? So we've got um, on the demand gen uh, team we have two content writers, like content and SEO executives, and then we've got the wider content team responsible for SEO and journalistic content. So how many are we there now? About five or six? Four. Is it four? Okay, it's four. So we're six strong um, for content. But I think, as Alice mentioned earlier, it definitely that definitely wasn't always the way, was it? So we've we've slowly built. No, that I out. mean,
0: um, yeah, we we used to have just one content person um, working, and I think it's the same kind of process. So you just can build it out once you start um, proving out the value, and it doesn't need to necessarily always be as well. Like um, this is where I think people can go wrong in that you have to be a, a content writer to do content because when we talk about content, we're talking about Everything from like ad copy, landing page copy to uh, video snippets, uh, to LinkedIn posts, etc. Like some things that really wouldn't necessarily fall in like a traditional content role, um, which is why we felt like there was definitely a position for that to sit more within the demand gen team in this whole create demand world. Um, that's why we think about it that way. And then there's a question here about from Dave how do you drive content consumers to engage in a sales conversation? So the short answer, um, Dave, is we don't, we don't do this. Um, out as an outright tactic if that makes sense so um, what all we're trying to do in a nutshell with our content is educate people every day in the channels that they want to consume content in in a meaningful way um, with the view to the fact that we will be delivering content across all of those four buckets and so they will be aware of cognizant they'll be aware of what we do um they'll also be getting huge value from all of the other more content and thought leadership things that we put out which have got nothing to do with cognizant and what we could offer them and so the belief is that actually when um b2b contact data becomes an issue um we will be top of mind and someone that they will come and evaluate um if not be the sole choice for that evaluation um and we just want to make sure that we're consistently um yeah continuing to deliver that type of content, quality content that puts us um front of mind for when that happens we're not trying to create some artificial funnel move someone through it um or assume any form of intent anymore i think that's kind of the, the old world um, there are things that we are looking at which i think can help maximize the chances of um creating getting someone who consumes your content to actually even think about having a sales conversation and that's just like like the website journey so ha- what's that rabbit hole that they go on when they read one piece of content like what's the journey from that content to further reading whereabouts does that content kind of sit in whether they you know is it a piece of content that has a line into product and and therefore it might be quite interesting to go to like a comparison page of cognizant and other b2b data provider tools as a read more item or is that piece of content very top level thought leadership and actually they're probably only interested in learning more about this whole create demand demand gen world um and we'll try to get better at that and then how what those CTAs look like and those on-site website journeys look like as well um and then ultimately we do also do ret- run retargeting so anyone who um is interacting and engaging with us we do have some retargeting plays so yeah but it's all aimed to let people come to us rather than us push anything on them. And then, have we worked with any agencies or freelancers to support the shift to the media, create demand world, or have you built this all in-house? So short answer is all in-house, which is why I'd say we are not um, a finished article. And there is no playbook for this. Like there isn't really um, a shining light example of an organization who have absolutely nailed it, in my opinion, um, in the B2B world. So we're just um, learning and iterating as we go. As well as from everything, from like what we're actually tracking and how we track it, to um, yeah, the types of content, how we build that out. The one that we have actually had a lot of help from Refine Labs, I would say, on um, content buckets, and I think that's been a really useful um, thing for us in terms of structuring and thinking about the content. Um, so previous to that, we didn't really have this thing called content buckets and those four buckets that I spoke about, and that could create a lot of chaos. So give refine labs credit for those thank you Refin Labs. anything more liam fran
2: no i think that's it i think i can move on just to dive, like dive a little bit deeper into that just in terms of what we're measuring um so yeah so we've um content that gives buyers an advantage so i just wanted to talk really tactically about the old way and what we were doing previously and then try and show you um, like visually what actions that we're taking now, which Alice has touched on, but then just kind of like what we're measuring um, and what what that means for the team and like how they work. Um, so hopefully this can be like, this part can be super actionable and as well for like any size team as well, because I think you can definitely um, definitely scale this. Um, so I guess the old way for us um, was a typical lead generation model um, and how we thought about content. So um, for example, um, I've put... The example of this cold calling playbook. So this is um, cold calling is a topic that we run um, a lot on um, to one of our core personas, um, which is sales. So we'd create an ebook on a popular topic, which happens to be cold calling in this case. Um, the primary goal would be to generate leads. So we'd add this to a gated landing page, um, run lead gen ads um, on paid social, and we'd really measure success based on the cost per lead. So that's what we'd be optimizing for. Um in all honesty, I probably spend um, quite a lot of uh, my time, um, especially, and I think Liam will attest to this as well, in meetings with sales, checking that once these leads had gone into Salesforce, um, if they made it in there, because we had a lot of broken zapiers and all sorts of things going on, um, we just have a conversation with sales about are the leads being followed up with? What's the quality like? So really, um, that was kind of it in terms of like the content, the focus around the content. So um, I guess there wasn't much thought after that. I'd usually have like the odd conversation saying we could make it into an infographic, but then it would usually not happen because design was too busy. So um, I think really just to just to be really transparent and really honest, um, the content was, was good content, but it was just in like the form of like a hundred page ebook. And we didn't really think about distributing it elsewhere. Um, so yeah, again, um, the main focus, what would keep me up at night would be um, how many leads we'd got and how much they were basically. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of like the old lead gen way that we used to focus on. Obviously, we've spoken a lot about the shift to like the demand gen world. So this is a topic, um, the call calling topic again, it's exactly the same topic, it's served to that key persona. Um, I'll take the, the screenshot in the middle here. So what we actually, one of the first things, we took our um, eBooks, which used to be in like PDF format, and we put them onto a landing page and made them really interactive. So um, it's very easy to navigate through. Um, I can always like send an example of this as well afterwards. Um, it's easy to navigate through. It had like bits of media on there as well. So like video content and we were well aware people wanting to consume things in different ways. So that's like one of the first things we did um with this like interactive landing page like our focus is on like time on page like reducing bounce rate thinking about like the engagement that we're getting as opposed to generating leads um uh, leads from it because we would run this now we'll run ads to this ebook now what's like an interactive page but completely ungated so those are the kind of things that we care about and we'd kind of take again we take the same the same topic it's And as Alice mentioned, like with our subject matter experts, so Ryan, um, one of our subject matter experts, we manage um, his schedule, for example. So we basically um, like ghostwrite help, ghostwrite posts. Um, So we have a a schedule. So we say, right, okay, Ryan, this is uh, the theme that we're going to focus on for the next two weeks. Um, we'll have a meeting on it. We'll write the post um, with Ryan, um, and then he will produce like a range of like video content posts. He will do like cold calling live every other week. So for me, like this has been like a real game changer in the sense that it's Ryan's insights that are actually driving this. So we come up with a key theme, but it's Ryan's expertise that we're actually serving to our audience, and that means that. You know, we're actually providing even more value because it's coming from someone that's like living and breathing these sales tactics every day. And um, so here's like an example of a video snippet that we'd run on cold calling. And um, for us, again, like it's not generating leads or like a cost per lead. And we're looking at video views, we're looking at engagement, we're looking at click through rates, and really um, videos as well. Like some of them will optimize to go through to a blog if there's like more information, but. If the key takeaways are in that video we'll optimize it for in feed so we what we care about is engagement in feed and people interacting with it and we don't necessarily have to take them away from linkedin if that's like their platform of choice and that's where our audience are hanging out um again we've mentioned like this uh, cold calling live like stop stop repeat start stop repeat which Ryan um, hosts for us as well, so he's like bringing in all this expertise um, and all of his like training materials. And again, here um, it's not about getting people to sign up and generating leads and then asking, um, you know, sending them an email and asking them for a meeting. What we really care about here is like qualitative feedback, actionable insights. Um, we repurpose all of these video snippets, like on social, for example. So for us, it's like even just talking through. That slide, it's sort of making me realize that it, you know the focus is on the value behind the content. And now that's what I think about constantly. Like, is this gonna engage our audience? Is this interesting? Can we showcase this in the best way for the platform that our audience hang out on? So it's like super important. And it's kind of, I guess, like a weight off my mind that like, we're not thinking about leads anymore. And we're just thinking about producing like the best possible content out there. Um, so again, like just the next slide, um, just like another like some other ideas so um, if you look at the podcast episode so that podcast we actually repurpose the cold calling live episodes that we do with ryan um, and put those on our podcast again it's qualitative feedback it's building up brand awareness and um, securing more subject matter experts as guests so we're really just like thinking about how we can be super valuable and super relevant um, again like the ads we run ra- we run now instead of Collecting leads, We look at this ungated approach, and um, we want engagement, um, click through rates, we want to optimize for web visits in some cases. So again, this is like ways in which we've taken that one cold calling ebook, um, and we've produced an interactive landing page and spun off all of these extra things around the topic, um, very much related to Ryan, our subject matter expert. So, Um, Again, that's just for one of our personas. Um, You know, we do the same across our other personas as well, like the marketing persona, for example. Um, So yeah, I guess just to summarize on it. um, So to create this value-driven content, so we need to be relatable, um, utilize subject matter experts where possible, um, and decide on the content types. So we've got different buckets here. So. What what are you looking to achieve, like, with your piece of content? Is it a thought leadership piece, which is, like, hierarchical content away from the product? Something more tactical? Is it bottom of funnel, um, sort of product-focused? Or is it more, like, social-proof? So I think, like, if you can bucket your content into these types, it really makes you a lot more structured um, and think about what you're actually delivering. Um, And then I guess, like, the main thing is, and again, this is even if you, you know, you are a small team, like start by focusing on the channels that work best for you. So, you know, for me, like marketing, I used to think that you'd have to be like have a presence on every single channel. But we've realized if we take a few channels and do them really, really well, um, we can double down on what works. So I guess that's where we become really structured and really repeatable. And we can be testing other channels in the background. But like LinkedIn is where we started to place our big bets, for example. So like, if it was my channel of choice i'd look at value driven company posts like not thinking about promotion i'd look at testing video snippets um on in a tactical way um using in that content bucket and um, product ad basis um ads based on like customer and prospect insights and also like building um a brand so with the employee posting i think like we've admitted we're not the best at it but we have you know we've started to give it a go um and i think it's been like super valuable Um, and we've had a lot more engagement um, from doing that um, and from starting to do these episodes of demandism as well. So I think the main, you know, the main things around this are you can start small and you can start by focusing on one channel. Um, And then the checklist that I always sort of live by with my team as well is have we listened to customer calls, identified the key pain points, how are we helping to solve this? then also how can we deliver this content that's the main thing like how can we best deliver it on the channel of choice um and optimize for those like those formats as well so yeah I think like that's how we're approaching it right now thanks Fran amazing Cool. Oh, now we can bring yeah, it's your chance. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right take um, it away
1: yeah hi everyone um so I'm um, just going to talk about like some like how to sort of create ungated experiences or like what um what we what we do when we create our ungated experience like a, an example and then I'll go through um how we also measure it and then some ideas where we can also I'll discuss a bit the idea of the um always on email nurture um so here's an example activity we're kind of in a uh a media machine inception here you are you are fully sucked into the media machine, you are on-demandism, and you can start off with something like this, right? So you have your Alive that we run, you know, uh, monthly, might get the, get up to like twice a month. I think something that B2B is really good at is volume um, and something that uh, B2B could get uh, better at as, a, as an industry. And um, I think uh, that, you know, volume is like key, especially when running, anything sort of like if we're acting like a, a media company. So you take your demandism episode and then kind of, as Fran was saying with all of the content, you can then break that out uh, across loads of different ways. Um, so as you see here, we then release that demandism episode on our podcast. Uh, so we edit it for that. We then have a load of video snippets and stuff running on paid social. Uh, there's like a picture like of my post that um, I've done for organic social. Um, on my own profile then we get it written up as a newsletter take away some of the hot takes and send that out um as a newsletter uh and then also we have it written up as a blog um and then that's posted on the blog so there you go you've like split it up into a million different ways and i'm pretty sure there's maybe even more channels <laughs> we would might use it on uh than just that but like that's some of um the main ones um so, who does all the chopping and publishing? So, that actually sits with, um, as we were talking before, we've got those different pods um, for uh, in the demand gen team for sales and uh, marketing. So, the content, DG content person would take away and 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 do that um, and start splitting and briefing in uh, the snippets of video to our video team and uh, taking uh, and also writing up for like um, any write up style. But then the content team um write our newsletter the journalists um and also the blog is that right alice i've got those yeah buttons, i
0: was gonna so. say let's take this is, this is a really good question this is actually yeah. made practical to show like how different people own this So it goes back to where i was showing you that asana project view um and it also comes back to, sh- to the channel owners so um as i was saying every channel in our media engine has an owner so the podcast for example um that is owned in the sales persona by um our sales pod so it would be tim or ashley for example who would um take to well if it's marketing so this is jamie this is jamie's persona so jamie will make sure that he briefs in getting that podcast created off the back of this episode of demandism um and he's actually a demand gen marketer so he would own that piece when it comes to paid social it would also sit within the demand gen pod to um own all of the buckets we spoke about and all of the content that sits in those buckets that have been promoted on paid social. So when it comes to um, needing new content, um, building out more content within a bucket, this is when they would look to all of the content that we've created and say, right, well, this episode of demandism, I'm going to sniff it up some of the best pieces, which is probably not going to be where Liam's out for falling asleep, but it'll be something a bit juicier. <laughs> and put that run those as... Um, snippets on our paid social probably within our thought leadership bucket so again jamie would be owning that when it comes to organic social the channel owner for that is penal who sits in our content team and she um always listens to our podcast episodes um, because she actually is also responsible for the blog write-up of those episodes so while writing that blog she'll be thinking about oh there's some great content in here which i could create three or four organic posts to power the organic channel with Um, And because she has organic channel KPIs, um, she's always looking for the best content to feed that. And she knows that she can come to this as a source of that content. Um, And the blog is always just an output that has to happen off the back of any live. And that will be owned by um, those writers within the content team. And again, with the newsletter, um, we have a content writer assigned to each newsletter um, and that they would then look at this episode to debrief that from and it could it would probably likely also um in this case be beetle um so yeah there's, that's a good breakdown of like all of the different people who'd be involved and that's where like a project um whether you want to use like a sign or a free tool or something like that to actually spin this all off from um it's really helpful but it all comes back to clear kpis and metrics the clear ideas of channels you want to be using and clear channel owners or owner
1: um so on to the next slide um I will, thank you uh so uh what do you measure when we're running which i think people kind of asked about before i alluded to like what do you measure when um you're running everything as sort of like this media company media machine so obviously you don't focus heavily on the direct results so no like leads or demo requests like are not like going to be your main measurement of this uh instead we sort of active for a media company and focus on measuring the success of the actual content itself um so that means your primary measure of success is like engagement feedback and interaction with it um so not leads meetings books or conversations it's not a conversion led measurement approach so obviously for each channel and each different way of distributing the content and putting it out there you have like a different thing to track so for example. If we were looking at paid distribution, we'd obviously be looking at likes, comments, click-through rates, or whichever like gold is relevant to click-through rate, video views, or like overall reach um, in feed. Uh, Then obviously when you're looking at time then spent back on your website, we're looking at page views, bounce rate, time on page, scroll depth, um, things like that. Um, We're tracking first and last such UTMs as well. So we can see when people are where people are coming into the website from first time they potentially fill a form and then last time. So um so we can see like what channels have like an effect there. And we're also then looking at that last referring website link that gets pulled straight into Salesforce so we can just be so we can see maybe like which blog they've uh visited before um they did take any final action. Um obviously direct feedback from your ICP so is a key one for this. So all of the stuff that you put put in the comments now, like <laughs> if everyone was like, uh uh, this is as as boring as Liam looked in the uh board as Liam looked bored in the first 10 minutes, then we won't be repeating that again. Uh and we'll be trying to create something different. Um and then obviously for like podcasts, we're gonna have we would we'll track like subscribers, total listen, average audience, and attendee numbers. Um we've also set up anonymous conversions on LinkedIn. So this is kind of simple. You you basically can Set up like a conversion on your thank you page um, of your demo form, um, and then anyone who's come through from LinkedIn in the last 30 days would register as an anonymous conversion so you can start to have a little bit of an insight into what like your LinkedIn ads are driving. Um, and then obviously, we're looking at like for Newsletter, we're looking at like the subscribers, but also really importantly, replies, um, uh, and the click through rate on it, like the replies. That we get like a really what sort of like feed what we do next because people do reply and say something great uh every so often and and that like really feeds like okay we're gonna we're gonna follow our nose with um with this content as well um i think that's pretty much everything but the whole point is now you don't just have this lead number that you follow but you have this um like um, like a load of metrics that give you some sort of input to what people are actually engaged with and want, and want to see more of um but then obviously it's all about the business results but the results come kind of separate to what you're running in your media machine but they obviously work in tandem so you've got one set of metrics and the others and for us like this is like our results like the quantitative like we've got look at our direct demo requests from april through to july um they've just been on a steady increase up uh so we've just been like seeing a at an increase there in direct direct demo across the whole way the light blue is um is like direct inbound uh and the darker blue is our is our paid um, so like google ads and then we've seen the same reflection in in pipeline there um so then that's we've seen a steady increase in that and it's really started to spike now as like the media machine i feel like has got into like full motion and as I was talking about earlier like I feel like we've really got that consistency down um and volume, which is just really important. Um, and then something that you can't really, uh, you know, quantify, but the qualitative is just stuff that we'd start to hear back from the sales team, which, which, like, obviously feels great. Like, getting any positive feedback from the sales team is brilliant. So, um, but, yeah, we've just been getting more and more now as we've sort of been running this sort of media machine. Um, the the inbound, inbound uh, demo requests that are coming in are just uh, of really high quality and people who are, I'm really into it. Yeah, apologies for um Sam's use of uh profanity. Oh, I have
0: to look out you uh, can yeah, uh, I,
1: you can all LinkedIn him and tell him he's a very rude man, but uh <laughs> he, he does
0: close one of the most inbound he's like always closing those inbound needs. Yeah he's he
1: uh he's an inbound top seller so uh we love him.
0: <laughs> uh, Liam, for Marissa please can you talk more about anonymous conversions later.
1: Oh, yeah. So uh, on when you go into LinkedIn um, and you go to set up your ad, you can have um, at the bottom of the first section um, of setup, it, you can create a conversion. And if you've got the pixel on, if you set up the pixel on your um, LinkedIn pixel on your website, so that's you take the code and you can just put it into the top of your header. You can then uh, on that conversion setup on LinkedIn, you can put the the URL of the page that is like after your demo form. So if people, so like a thank you page, then you know that people who have landed on it have completed your demo form. And then on LinkedIn, you can select the time period that you want that conversion to be up for. So if they've been cookied on your website for how many days ago, would you then, um, would it then register as a conversion in LinkedIn? Uh, so you can you can do like, um, you could set it up how you want. We've got our set like for 30 days at the moment. So it just like, if anyone's clicked through from an ad from LinkedIn to our website within 30 days and then submits a demo form, we register it as a, an, an anonymous conversion to to LinkedIn. So it's not direct, and obviously they could have gone a million other places, but it gives us some sort of idea of what what LinkedIn's driving. Um, so then, other ideas to consider. Um, so there's the on-demand nurtures. So like, is it time for an extra Netflix-style email nurture? um so ungating content means that your focus switches to 100 percent about delivering it in a way that's best consumed and then if we think about that then we think about who are we to say that anyone should receive any piece of content at any time so you know the old school is that you like send one email and then four days later they'll be ready for this piece of content and uh three days later they'll be ready for this piece of content but um, we, we like we're not here to prescribe when anyone's ready for anything and like sometimes you get an email and you've got an hour to spend reading content and other times you get an email and you've got like literally no time um so the whole idea of like an on-demand nurture is that that someone could access it all as and when they want um so our sort of structure that we've gone for this I and mean, we' started with like a closed lost ops nurture that we're, we're trying trialing this on so i'll be able to come back with like proper results as well is that the email nurture still runs in a period of like breaked up time because also who we decide that people don't want to receive content that way but it drives them to the same landing page and on the landing page we which i can share we uh have a drop down like a, a little um sorry like a key like a taskbar at the side and they can select the different content over the different days as well that they want so if they want to consume that uh that nurture all in one day they can if they want to come back to it and see that content they can as well so it's all on just one massive page that they can access as and when they want Um, so that's kind of like the idea behind it and then i think where we want to make, take it even further is obviously just make that page more and more interactive. Um, so people can come back to that page as and when they want, even when the nurture is finished. So it's not like something that they have to, like they can only do in inside the, the nurture or not. Um, and then for another idea that we've been trying to consider is like things about the website journey. So how easy is your content to navigate on your website? So one thing you can do is like you use, uh, use of your drift bar and, we've got a long way to go with this actually, but we just started with it, um, trying to make it like more engaging, use Driftbot to push people around the website as well to, uh, highlight relevant content when, when it's needed. Um, and, and just be like another sort of tool that people can engage with and like use to access more content. Like when Alice is, when they're like down that rabbit hole, um, uh, We've got uses of different CTAs and we've got dynamic recommendations um, set up through HubSpot so that we can recommend uh, content that's relevant to them, content that they're already viewing. Um, This is like a new idea that I saw about where it's like that we actually sort of got from an interview, but I like the idea is like move away from compartmentalizing your content. So uh, I think when, if we think like a true media company, Uh, The content is available all over the website, whereas quite often in B2B and uh, uh, SaaS, like all the content is like in the blog or under this section resources and elsewhere, like the content is not uh, available. Um, So if you push all the content out so that you've got like relevant content on product pages, relevant uh, content on, uh, you know, persona pages and things like this, like you're no longer compartmentalizing the content. You're making your whole, website sort of like a media a media base um for people to come to um and then obviously we've done the creative the interactive web pages over ebooks um and then use of video and audio and pages uh, like on those particularly on those pages which um is something we've done and then we've started to like sort of delve into like interactive games and quizzes we've got tools on the website as well um, um so we've got like this one here is we've got like an SDR personalities quiz there which um so you can find out what type of SDR you are um and all these sort of things that can like help create like a more interactive uh journey on the website as well
0: and yeah also just to remember I will say it again keep your eyes out for um updates on the swag it's really good and also um yeah the prize draw that will come that and the prize is really good as well um we're going to keep doing our best to Make sure that um, we push the boundaries of b2B marketing and keep you guys um, yeah along on the journey with us and what we're learning. Thank you guys, and speak to us soon Thank you so much.